Welcome to the Highway Church Podcast. We're excited that you would join us today and hope you're encouraged by the message you hear. If you'd like to know more, visit our website, highway.com.au. I want to just honour the mothers in the room as a mother myself, and I just want to honour every woman, not necessarily who's had babies, every woman that carries a mother's heart. Because sometimes we don't just mother babies. I mother my dogs. I mother everything, actually. (laughs) There's very little I don't mother, do I, David? I actually smother them. (laughs) And I think that's something that God has put in the heart of the mother, hey, is that we want to love. Um, But I've had my son and his wife and his two little girls living with me for nearly two years. And this is the first few months that we've not had them. But I got a real close-up look of motherhood. Even though I've done it years back, I'd forgotten And it's a tough gig. I say, well done, mums with little ones. Because Dave and I were like, oh, we're tired. (laughs) It's full on. But what I love about motherhood and Mother's Day is I think it paints a picture for us on God's heart for us. And I love all through the Bible, God tells stories. And those stories paint something so that we can get like object lessons of what God's trying to tell us so that we understand. We take a little while sometimes, hey, um, to understand. But one, one thing I've noticed is that being a mother is vital, okay? It is 100% vital. None of us would be here without a mother. <laughs> so that makes us very significant today. Um, I have a little brand new grandson. So babies are on my brain at the moment. And um, from the moment he was born, I watched him become a little koala on his mother. He has only eyes for her, which is beautiful. And, you know, I really believe that um, motherhood really reflects who our maker is, doesn't it? Okay. And um, our mothers are supposed to be that wonderful source of nourishment and everything we need, security and comfort. It's meant to be mum, hey. Starting right from the womb. We all... Get everything from our mother. There's nothing we can do. We cannot grow without our mothers. Um, And they say that even when you're pregnant, and we have a pregnant mum sitting here, that even your emotions flow through to your baby. And I was just thinking how beautiful that must be to be pregnant and worshipping. Can you imagine what's flowing through to your baby today? It is awesome. And um, what I also notice is little Rhythm, that's our little grandson's name, Rhythm Caleb Harvest. Um, He's only six weeks old, so he's really cute. But what I notice is that Rhythm has been born into this home that just loves him. This child has never had an arm not around him. He cries. He's got two little sisters and everybody is there for him. And all he's known is to be loved and nurtured. And you know what God said to me? That was my plan for you. Okay. Many of us have a distorted view of what God is like because of what we've experienced in this world. Um, And so we've had a lack of mothering and it's not because our mothers haven't been good. We live in a broken world. And um, God just wants to show us today what it is to, to actually be mothered. And I love the stories that he has. And I heard this little, um, it's a parable, but it's not a one come out of here. Okay, so just bear with me. And it's a story about this forest fire that went through a, a um, wilderness area. And after the fire, the firefighters were going and they were, were snuffing out all the spot fires. And as this fire, fire, firefighter went through, he noticed there was this lump on the path. And he went up to the path and he went, oh my goodness, this is actually um, a charred remains of a large bird. And he thought, how weird is that? Because birds can fly away from fire. 
So he's like, this is something really weird. I wonder if the bird was sick or something. And so he gets to the path where this lump is and he gets, sees this bird and he goes to kick it away. And as he kicks it away, there's a flurry of, it, of, of, of activity and there's four little baby birds underneath the mother. And you see, he didn't realise, but that mother had been doing something, okay, in the middle of the flames because he knew that a bird had wings. And when the flames came, that bird could actually fly away. And he was like, why would she not have flown away? It's so strange. But what she knew was that she was her, their only hope for safety because they couldn't fly away. Okay, so she was willing to risk her life. And she gathered them under her body and the story goes that the fire would have been so intense that everything inside of her would have been screaming, fly away and start a new family somewhere else. But the mother held her, held her form. And she held her form because there was something she loved greater than a new life. And that was her baby chicks. <laughs> she gave the ultimate sacrifice to save her young. How beautiful, hey? And you know what it illustrates, this little parable? Our creator, who did no less for you and for me. And today I want you to come into this service as we open the word. I want you to come in as a child. Would you do that? Would you be the kid today? <laughs> you can have some fun being the kid, okay? Um, it's, it's pretty special. And you know, in the word, there are many scriptures that actually refer to God like a mother bird. And if we look at Ruth 2, it says, May you be richly rewarded by the Lord, the God of Israel, under whose wings you have come to take refuge. Psalm 57.1 says, I will take refuge in the shadow of your wings until the disaster has passed. And in the New Testament, Jesus said to Jerusalem, How often I have longed to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, and you were not willing. Psalm 91.4, this is my favorite one. He says, he will cover you with his feathers and under his wings you will find refuge. Now, you know when God speaks you something, you hear it everywhere. It's like you buy a red car and you see red cars everywhere. Well, it's the same when God speaks. And he said the word to me, refuge. Do you know what the word refuge means? It means that which shelters and protects from danger, distress or calamity, a stronghold which protects by its strength, a sanctuary and any place inaccessible to an enemy. I like that meaning. That's good, hey. Psalm 46 says, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in times of need. So we went to a little picnic a few weeks ago. And um, all my kids were there, and their, their kids, and so my grandkids were there. And they had this um, softball bat. It was plastic and a, a plastic ball. And everybody was, was hitting it. And if you know my little grandson, Sol, he loves to play with anything that he can hit and be pretty active with. So he is whacking these, this ball. I'm telling you, whacking it. I got hit. It was stung like nothing. But as we're there, and we're all chatting and having a good time, suddenly... And this is the mother's ears. You hear a piercing scream, like piercing, okay? And now I know my grandchildren. I heard the scream. I knew it belonged to one of ours. And I look over and I see our little granddaughter, Holiday, running with tears running down her face, clutching her chest. The ball must have hit her straight in the chest. She is screaming, but she only has eyes for one person. There's a crowd and she is running in that crowd, and all she can see is Georgia. 
and she throws herself into Georgia's arms and Georgia hugs her and holds her and starts to comfort her. And she starts to tell her that it's going to be okay. And she's like this and Georgia's patting her and just taking all that pain away and all the fear. And you know the funny thing is within two minutes... That little girl jumped down and ran off to play like nothing had happened. And the Lord spoke to me and he said, Claire, see what you just saw? That's what I want to be for you. That's what I want to be for you. He said, if you would make me your refuge in times of pain, if you would run into my love like, like little, little holiday and run into George's, he said, you will find that I will heal your pain. You see, Georgia later sent a photo to me. I've got one, should be up there for us, of little holiday. And this is a photo she sent. Can you see her now? You probably can't see it in that. Is there the color photo at all? Uh, see this one? Can you see the welt? <laughs> and I was like, oh my goodness, Georgia, is she okay? She said, you know what? She never said one word about it. When she was having her bath that night, Georgia, as a mother, was horrified because there's this welt on her daughter. But a little, little holiday never mentioned it, you see, because the pain and the sting from the memory had been removed by the mother's comfort. Like, wow. And I believe that's what God wants to do for us. Same thing. He says, I want to take all your hard places. And if you will run into me, I will remove the sting from the memories. Wow. And just after that, you know, I'm sitting there and I'm just watching all this happening before me. My sister comes to me and she starts telling me how she's had such a hard last 18 months. She said, Claire, it was so, I've been through so much. And she said, um, but God spoke to me, she said. And he said to me, if I would make him my refuge, I will be okay. Now, isn't it funny? God's just talking to me about refuge. And she tells me that, and I'm like, oh, and she's doing okay. She's actually doing more than okay. She's doing really well. Has the situation changed? No. Is the pain still there? Yes. Is she protected? Yes. She's under the wings. She's found her refuge. I love that. You see, God designed us as mothers to be life givers. And I don't know about you, but David can tell you, you touch my kids, you touch somebody I love, watch out. <laughs> it's what I call fierce, tender love of a mother. Like, there's no way. I was in a car accident once, and I didn't even have to think about it. We were going off a cliff, and I threw myself over my daughter. Didn't even have to think about it. There was no second to say, oh, protect your daughter. It was, boom, I was there. Because that's the mother's love that God has put in every single woman. Over the things that we love, and it can even go for a dog. So, uh, <laughs> just for you dog people out there. Uh, but... There's a scripture in, or cat, not cats, no. Um, there's a scripture in Hosea. Hosea, I call it the love book. It's the chapter that talks about God's redeeming love. And this is a scripture, and this is, you know, we're painting this picture. Motherhood paints a picture of who God is. And it says, like a bear robbed of her cubs, I will attack them and rip them open. Now, that's what God says over you and over your enemy, because he loves you so much. He's going to rip that enemy open. He's going to rise up with that heart of a mother that says, not on my watch. <laughs> How awesome is that? That is the love of God that we celebrate. And I think, you know, every mother in this room, every one of us knows what it is to feel that protectiveness over our kids and just to roar over them. And, you know, I love that God actually wants to bring us back to the original purpose and design of what it is to be loved well. If we go back to Genesis, we've got to go back to first mention, hey, 
In Genesis, the Garden of Eden, what does Eden represent? It represents abundance, no lack, perfection, delight. That was God's original design for us to live in, all right? And Adam, he had the privilege of naming the first woman. Like, I love that. But you know what I love about what name Adam, the name Adam gave the first woman? Is he actually named her after her creator. He named her Eve, and Eve means life giver. Like, how awesome is that? He actually said, I'm going to pull out what I know about the, the King of kings or the Lord of lords. I'm going to pull that out and name that over you. So forever, amen, every woman would be known as a life giver. We'd be known of those that carry life, bring life, and birth life. And it's not always just babies. Okay, our words birth life. It's amazing. We're supposed to reflect the life source. That's who we're meant to be. That's who we are. And I love that that reflects, like a mother is a life source to a child, our God is a life source to you as a child. Okay, remember we're kids today. Today we're kids in the room. That's really important to know that God wants to be our life source. And, you know, after Little Rhythm was born, I wasn't in the room when he was born, but Georgia sent me her birthing video. And um, I was like, should I look? But actually, it was beautiful. It was absolutely beautiful. And what I saw was the moment Rhythm got born, they pulled him out, this little little naked little body, you know, he comes little with nothing, we come with nothing, hey. And they pulled him out and immediately, they just washed off anything off of him and put him straight on George's chest, skin to skin. So as you would know by now, I've called my message skin to skin. You see, skin to skin is a really amazing thing that happens when babies are born. What they do is they take a new baby and they clean them and they put them on their, their mother's skin or their father's skin and they leave them there for about an hour. And this was first trialed in South America in the 1970s. Two physicians had a lot of prem babies in their hospital and so they didn't have enough incubators. So what they thought they would trial is they would take the little naked babies and they'd put them on the bare skin of the mothers and then they would wrap the mothers with wrap. And what they found was the mother's warmth warmed the baby. And you know what else they found? Prem babies thrived. How awesome is that? And what they named it, they named it kangaroo care. Good for us Aussies, hey. <laughs> we get that. We really do. And what they found was that when they did this with a baby and put them skin to skin, that the baby formed its first Okay, remember first mention, first impressions, first emotional feelings and everything. Its first impression is security, love, and warmth. Like, just think what that does on the first moment of life, the foundation. Now, this is God's original plan, okay? And what happens when their baby is skin to skin? It actually causes them to be stimulated to feed, and it looks to the breast to be fed. And then it, it finds that, and then it looks up adoringly, and the first person they see is mum. Wow. And what they say, this encourages emotional and social development. And what skin to skin does, it regulates a baby's temperature, it regulates its breathing, and they found that if the baby was in any sort of pain, it reduces the pain. Wow. This is the power of God put in motherhood. And then they found this other thing, that some babies, when they got be put on their chest like that, go into what they call a quiet sleep, a deep sleep that promotes this amazing feeling of security and safety. They say that your brain, their brain developments then starts from that moment. 
And what the brain hears is the outside world is safe because they feel the warmth of the mother. You see, another role of that mother is to feed the baby. Like everything it needs is in this motherhood little picture that God has painted. And what he does is he gives them breast milk. Do you know what breast milk is? It is the superfood. It is amazing what it does. It is actually gives the baby its critical immune system. Right from that first suck, it starts to feed into that baby an immune system that will protect it from any disease at that time. It is so powerful, it puts a fortress of a way around the baby of, from their sickness and from the things that come against it. And what it does, it, it actually helps them with their attachment to their mother. And today we're celebrating motherhood, hey, which I really love. But I love to celebrate actually not just motherhood and who's been a good mother and who hasn't been a good mother, because that can get a bit depressing because I didn't do that great. But what I celebrate is the picture of what God said of who he is. Okay, he's the God that wants to provide all our needs. He's the God that wants to give it an immunity from the darkness in this world. And it says that, that the physically, socially, emotionally, and spiritually, God designed that we would get all that we needed from our mothers, but that was a picture that we would get all that we needed from who he is. And I really love that he placed such a significance on the role of mothers. Do you know, it even says that um, there's a scripture in uh, Proverbs 14, 26, and it says that our devotion to God, okay, that's yours and mine, and I'm not just talking woman, men and women, our devotion to God will provide, and this is what it said, a, play, a safe refuge, a safe place for our children to run into. And look, Dan, you are, you are the, the testimony of that. Your mother's faith, your mother's prayers have created a safe place. Look where you are standing today because of your mother's prayer. You are not an addiction. You are free. You are a man of God and the overflowed. And I really believe that if we as women and men and women in this house would start to nourish that place of going to God as our refuge, it will flow down to our children. You see, God wants to feed you and he wants to nourish you and he wants you to be strong. Jesus said in John 6, 35, he said, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me will never hunger and he who believes in me will never thirst. You know what that speaks to me of? Never ending supply, abundance, unlimited. He is a God of more than enough. Ephesians 3, 20, that he would supply exceedingly abundantly more than we could ever, ever, ever dream or even imagine. He is Jehovah Jireh, the God who provides. But you know what? I don't know if we all know that sometimes. And even though that, that breast milk flows for that baby, it actually produces life. Um, and I really believe that if we don't ever have an experience of that, what happens is our fundamental convictions um, of whether we will have enough in life through our relationship with our mothers or in, in life in general, um, we've got no assurance if we've never had that, we've got no assurance that there will be enough. And we go into this place of, of lack. And um, I've, been, I've been just really studying a little bit about resilience because I really believe that I want to pass on resilience to my grandchildren and to my kids. I want them to see what it is to be able to have things come against me and still be strong. There's something in that, isn't there? I, I feel like God is saying, come on. And John Eldridge, this, this guy that I've been um, reading about, he says, resilience is bestowed upon us by being adored and by experiencing our deep hunger satisfied with overwhelming abundance. And it's interesting. What he said was trauma, there's a trauma survivor, say, um, 
survivor behavior response, okay? And you know what it is? It's hoarding and binging. Why? Because we're afraid of lack, okay? We saw this. Our whole nation, actually the whole world, went into trauma survivor behavior, didn't they? Toilet paper, remember? <laughs> Shame on us, but what did it reflect? We didn't have that skin to skin with God, did we? We didn't have the assurance that he was going to be enough. And so it really exposed. And when that happens, we lose our sense of security, hey? And so our primal fear of lack is exposed. And we hoard and we stockpile. And then what we do? If we're not coming from too dysfunctional, we just work and work and work and work. We hoard and stockpile so much money in the bank just so that we will always have enough. Like I, I was, you know, as God was speaking to me, I'm like, I see us all doing this. Some in more dysfunctional ways than others, but we all do it. We all have this primal need of lack, of fear that we're not going to have enough because we don't know God as our assurance of provision. And so mother desolation or an attachment love becomes part of our lack. Okay, it's actually a real thing, mother desolation. And it could be that you've lost a mother. It could be that you've never had a good mother. And it could be that you've lived with a mother who maybe couldn't offer the mothering that you needed. And um, it is actually really, really uh, devastating. And it has caused the generations that we live in, and we see it everywhere, rejection to be rife. Um, It has an impact, doesn't it? Haven't we seen that? And um, what I've noticed is where there's this place of rejection and we've not had that deep place of secure, solid love, we go looking for love in all the wrong places. We go looking to fill that need. And Dallas Willard, I don't know if anyone knows of Dallas Willard. Has anyone heard of Dallas Willard? He's an American philosopher and he was famous for his writing on Christian spiritual formation. And he lost his mother. They say that he lost his mother when she was, he was two and a half. And it was so devastating to him that at, his, at her funeral, he tried to climb into his mother's casket. And so he spent his life understanding this place of mother desolation. And what he discovered, I, I found this really interesting. He said, the only kind of love that helps the brain learn better character is attachment love. Dallas found that the brain functions that determine our character are most profoundly shaped by who we love. Think of that. Okay, changing character means attaching that bonding in a new and better ways. If the quality of our human attachments create human character, is it possible that when God speaks of love, he's talking about that attachment love, that bonding love that happens when you're first born? You see, there's really good news because if you're sitting in this room today and you're like, oh, I've had tick, mother desolation. Yep, I've had that. I know that I don't see God as an abundance. I don't even know what it is to have abundance. There's good news. The good news is that mother desolation can be healed. It can be. How? Salvation. Salvation, it's a new place where we bond with a loving Heavenly Father who says, my love can fix everything just like it did for little holiday. Okay, so in human development, mother always comes before father, right? And the new world of love opens to us when we discover God's love. God's love does something because he wants to mother us. If we're in the room today, it doesn't matter what your mother was like. It doesn't matter because God wants to fill the gaps. He wants to do everything that you lost. He wants to fill it up. And, you know, I had this young lady in my car a couple of weeks ago, and she said to me, you know, she said, Claire, I really wonder what my life would be like. And she was in a pretty broken place. And she said, I wonder what my life would be like if I hadn't been born into a dysfunctional family. 
She says she recognised that she had mother desolation. She recognised there was this gap. But the good news is, this word, okay, there's good news in here. In John 3, Nicodemus, Nicodemus comes to Jesus and he says, I like what I see about this kingdom of God. How do I get there? And what does Jesus say? Jesus says, no, you must be born again. And, and Nicodemus says, but hang on, how do I go back into my mother's womb and get that new start to be born again? That's not possible. And Jesus says, unless you're born by water and by the Spirit, you cannot enter the kingdom of God. So what he was saying was there is a way if you have experienced incredible brokenness, if you have experienced this desolate place of lack, he said, God has made a way for you to be born again and start again and have skin to skin. <laughs> how awesome is that? Like, think about it. This is good news, hey. You see, our answer to this mother desolation is to reattach to God. Is come closer. Don't run. Come closer. John 1.12 says, As many who believe in him, he gave us the right to become children of God. And guess what? There's no dysfunction in his family. How cool is that? Okay, the hope of this generation is they, we need, they need reparenting. Actually, we need reparenting. Every single one of us need reparenting. We need skin to skin with our creator. And he gives us his arms to find refuge in where we can experience quiet sleep, deep sleep. Because in that deep sleep, he's watching over us. And we have the sense of safety and protection in that place. We can be hidden under his wings because Jesus came to bring life. That's what he came to bring. Okay, so all our trauma, all our mother desolation, it can be healed. You know, as I was doing this, God reminded me, because he's been speaking to me about, as a mum, and now I'm a grandmother, that the things that I don't deal with, my kids will have to deal with. Okay, the giants in my life that I don't deal with, my kids were going to, and my grandkids. And I'm determined that I don't want to pass on anything but blessing to my kids. And so I said, okay, God, here I am. Expose, show me, show me what am I carrying, what needs to go. And one of the things he showed me was that um, when I was a little girl, I remember being super insecure. I couldn't even go and stay at someone's house for a sleepover. I was like, I'd get there and I'm like, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good until about midnight. Like, Can I ring my mum? I want to go home. And it was this deep sense of insecurity. And I said, God, where did that come from? And you know what he said to me? He said, well, ask your mum. What happened when she was carrying you? So I said to my mum, well, when you were carrying me, what, what was going on in your life? And she said, oh, your dad lost his job. We live, we're living in South Africa. We had no money. I had, four, I had three kids and a new baby was coming. And she said, we were absolutely stricken with fear of lack. And what happens? Little Claire gets born. She, I couldn't even poke behind my mother's legs. I was that insecure. Someone talked to me, I wanted to dive for cover because I don't look at me, because there was fear and there was insecurity. And when God showed me that, I said, okay, God, would you fix that? Could you fix that? And you know what he said to me? Psalm 139. He said, I've gone into your future, Claire, to prepare the way. And in kindness, I follow behind you to spare you from the harm of your past. Wow, with your hand of love upon my life, he imparts a blessing to me so that I can be healed from the sting and the pain. Just like Holiday when she had that sting on her chest and she ran into her mother's arms. And what happened? Her mother's arms comforted and took away the sting and the pain. Did it still happen? Yes. Is it still a memory? Yes. But is the stain and the, the pain and the sting still there? No. Okay, 
And that's what God wants to do for us. He wants to reparent us. He wants to fill every gap that this world has left. Every broken place he wants to fill with his love. See, God yearns to bring us the assurance of abundance. Isaiah 49, 15 says, Can a mother forget the baby at her breast and have no compassion on the child she has born? That's what he says about you. Can I forget you and have no compassion on you? Do you know I heard on the news recently? I was horrified. I was just sitting there and I just had rhythm, was just born, and I hear on the news a little baby was born in a backyard and someone dumped him in someone else's backyard moments after it was born and left there. Now, I have no judgment on that mother because I have no idea what she was going through, but it showed me the brokenness of the world we live in because on the same time I had this other picture. I had this picture of this broken child and this picture of a little rhythm who was loved and secure and never had a moment where arms of love went around him. There was plenty of milk. And God reminded me that Rhythm was born into a family who loves Jesus. He was born into a family that has made God their refuge. And as they have found their security in God, it has flown down into their children. That their children now don't, don't grow up like I did from dysfunction and brokenness. Their children come from a whole higher foundation and, and, and place that says, you are loved and you're secure and you can do anything from that place. Like, that's amazing, hey? Jeremiah 31.3, you know what it says? This is for you and I. It says, this is what God says over you this morning. He says, I have loved you with an everlasting love. I've drawn you with unfailing kindness. God loves you more tenderly and more irrevocably than any best mother ever could. How awesome is that? You know, the Old Testament, there's actually 200 times in the Old Testament that he is described in the word of Hebrew called hesed. And you know what that means? Loyal, faithful, and unchanging love. In other words, he can be trusted. He is enough. He is a God of abundance. You see, he wants to develop for you a safe place. And when you put, you run into God and you put your life in his hands, that attachment love sticks with you. It holds you. It chases you down. It runs after you and says, that's mine. It becomes fierce over you. You see, as God is the source of all mothering, John Eldridge, what he said was, he said, for the soul to be truly saved, for us to come home. Have you ever wanted to just go home? Have you ever been in that place that I just want to go home? Do you know where home is? It's in the Father's love. That's where it is. He said, if you ever want, he said, for the soul to be truly saved, for us to come home, our soul needs the loving attachment that mother love first illustrates for us. Just as we move from our earthly fathers to our homecoming with our true father, that's when Jesus comes back, so we need to come home to the mother love of God, regardless of what we learnt from our earthly mothers. Isaiah references this restoration of God like a mother bringing abundance, providing safety and provision. He says we're going to come back to God's kingdom and the Lord's return brings us back to Eden. Do you know the last chapter in my Bible? Revelations 22, you know what it says? Eden restored. Do you know they were on the journey of complete restoration of all things lost through Jesus? Like, that is good news. He's bringing us back to the original purpose and design that we would have no lack, no trauma survivor responses, but a place of complete security. Isaiah 66, 11 says, For you will nurse and be satisfied at comforting breast. You will drink deeply and delight in the overflowing abundance. You see, the kingdom of God, this is what he invites us into more than enough. No lack. 
Psalm 34 says, and you all know this so well, taste and see that the Lord is good. Now, I very rarely hear people say the other part of it. It says, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the one who takes refuge in him. There's our refuge, okay? Isaiah 66, 12 says, you will nurse and be carried on her arms and dandled on her knee. As a mother comforts her child, so will I comfort you. When you see this, your heart will rejoice and you will flourish like grass. Do you know that whole thing about taste and see? That word see in the Hebrew, do you know what it means? Drink deeply. Drink deeply. Just like a baby would drink deeply from its mother. He said, would you drink deeply from me? And I believe that we can heal from the past. We can heal from anything that has come into our life, been through our life, any experience. And the way we heal is through allowing his love to mother us. God actually designed us to be healed. Do you know that? And to be loved. And he designed that every, every time we run to him, he will fulfill our every need. Isaiah 49, 15, it says, Even if mothers would forget, I could never forget you. See, I have inscribed you on the palms of my hands. Your walls are continually before me. I love that. It's like he tattoos your name. You must have big hands, hey? Tattoos your name upon his hands. And David, King David, he knew this. He wrote, even if my father and mother abandon me, the Lord will hold me close. Because he knew what it was to find refuge in God's love. John 15, 5 says, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, if you make him your refuge, you will bear much fruit because apart from me, you can do nothing. And just like that branch has got no life source, your life has no life source unless it's connected deeply to the vine. Resilience and strength to do well comes from our connection with God. Do you want to do life well? Do you want your kids to do life well? Do you want them to have a safe refuge? Then we've got to get reconnected to the love of God. We've got to get reconnected to that place where there's an unending source of supply, more than enough. And mums, if I can give you any advice, okay, and I did think about this, I thought, what can I give you as a mother that's a little bit later on in life and maybe a little bit further than you are with brand new baby coming? What advice can I give you? Because I have watched the seasons of my children, um, you know, littleies getting bigger, teenagers, and then getting married, and then having their own children, so lots of seasons. And what I've, re- I've worked out is a secret, is if you will run to God in every season, in every season. If you will not run the opposite way when things go hard, but you'd run in. And so what I determined, and I say this to the devil, I said, devil, watch out. You touch my kids. I go for more daughters. You touch this, I go, for, I go for others that are broken. You touch that, guess what? You're going to wish you had not touched this life giver. Okay, they've got to come up with a little bit of fierce tenderness there that says, hey, hey, God's called us as mothers to hold a vital, vital role. And our role is that we would find such devotion in God that that devotion would now be like an umbrella over our children and those in our care. So something has to rise up in you in that, hey, Because, you see, the destiny of every human soul is union with God. He promises that he's going to take the orphans of this world and he'll reconcile them with the love of the Father. And, you see, I heard this thing, and I didn't know if it was true. I actually looked it up this morning, that if you go into an orphanage in some of the third world countries, um, it's very quiet and they have little babies. And I didn't know if it was true, but it actually is true. And what they found, there's so much lack and... um, lack of mothering, lack of attachment, bonding, that these babies cry and they soon work out 
that no one's coming. And so they stopped crying. And um, I thought, wow, isn't that sad? That there's a whole lot of babies in this world who recognize at an early, early age, no one's coming. But you know what? We have good news. Someone did come. 2,000 years ago, Jesus came and he said, that, that, that bird with the wings and the fire, that's me. He said, that's me. And if you are sitting in this room and you're like, I know what it feels like to have lack. I know what it feels like not to feel secure and to be super insecure. I know what it feels like even not even to be good enough. And he says, you are good enough. You are my child. I love you. And there's a way back from all the pain that you've experienced and it can be healed. And today I felt God say to me, God, what do you want to do? He said, I want to heal your pain. I don't want any woman in Highway Gilston to ever say, I cannot walk into a Mother's Day service because I am so full of pain. Because I'm telling you today, there is good news. We have a father who is so full of love who says, I can go back into your past. I can heal your pain. I can set you free and I can remove the sting. And not just that, then you get to carry my love to all the children I bring you, whether they're adult children, whether they're little children. He says, you get to bring my love and you get to tell them the good news that there is a mother bond that they can attach to. They can come into salvation and in their place they can be restored back to the place of security and safety. Like how cool is that? There's no one in this room that should have no hope. Nobody. When you know Jesus, we're full of hope that he can give us a new start and a fresh page. Okay, all we need is to be bonded to him. And so this Mother's Day 2023, if you're in this room and you go, you know what, I feel that mother desolation. I feel that pain. I feel that I don't, I don't actually see God as a God of abundance. You see, this is why we don't tithe, because we don't see God as a God of abundance. This is why we don't trust him when he says, would you go there? And you're like, oh, who, me? But if you know him as a God of abundance and a God who's good and who's got more than enough and who says, I love you and I go with you, you go, here, use me, Jesus. Here I am. Okay, so all of us stand in this place today where we know what this feels like. And if you don't, well, you, you, you're really bonded to, to God because he's the only one that can fill your needs. And if also if you're in this room and you say, I just feel like a failure. I feel like I'm not good enough. He says, you are not a failure. He said, your secret will be as you bond to me. You'll be the best parent, the best wife, the best anything I call you do because your bonding to me provides everything you need. And so I want to open this altar today. If you feel like, hey, I just, I've got some pain here. I've got some pain that needs to be healed. I'm just going to give us a couple of minutes, just two or three minutes for us just to pray over those areas and ask God to bring healing. I've actually asked him for a healing anointing in this room today. I say, God, I know that my baby, being a mother for little babies is over, but I'm our grandmother. And I have a responsibility that I pass on something to my grandchildren. I have a responsibility that I am a life giver to them. And so if you are in this room and you're like, ah, oh, I just need to get a fresh bond with him. Or you're in this room and you're like, I've never given my life to God. And I want to do what Nicodemus said. I want to go back into my mother's womb and I want to be born again. Okay, God, that is possible today. It is possible today. And if you would like to do that today, if you say, hey, hey, you know what? I might look good on the outside, but I know there's some broken cracks here. I know I need some healing today. And if that's you, then, then I'm going to give you an opportunity to give your life to Jesus. And if that's you, just stand up, come in the front, and we're going to pray for you. And for those that feel like I just need some healing, we're going to pray for you. Because I want Mother, Mother's Day 2023 to be memorable. 
Okay, I want Mother's Day 2023 as God ministered to me this morning. And he said, Claire, sometimes you get fearful because you don't trust because you don't know he's a God of enough. You don't know he's a God of abundance. You don't know he's going to meet you in the hard place. So what do we do? We run back to the old stuff. We run back to the things that used to comfort us, but they, they only comfort us for this long. They don't comfort us for very long. And he says, would you run into my arms just like Holiday did? And would you trust that I will meet you there and I will take away the sting and I'll remove the pain. The memories will be there, but I'll use the memories for you to tell the good news of what Jesus did in your life. Yeah? So if that's you today, as we sing, can we sing a song? Um, if you'd like some healing, if you'd like to give your life to Jesus, come forward. Uh, we're just going to have a few minutes. But if that's you, come. I'm going to pray for you. Thanks for joining us. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. If you'd like to get in contact with us or find out more about Highway Church, go to highway.com.au.